you know the shit that triggers me, right? When it comes to crimes. It's always when the criminal would do something really dumb that I know I would do if I was to commit a crime, which is why I don't do it. But listen to me. Look at me. If you're watching this on YouTube, look at me. <laughs> I'm talking about cheapskates here. I will make it make sense. So, as you can see, I, still, I didn't even wipe the wetness. I didn't even wipe the rain off my freaking arms. Nor did I dry my hair. That's a different story. So, I'm doing it out of principle. I went to the freaking gym, okay? Don't, don't you see? Don't you see? My body has completely transformed. I went to the gym <laughs> to do my deed. Then I went into the shower in the gym. Then I went out of the shower. I dried my fucking hair. In the shower, of course, when you wash your hair, you use shampoo, right? So then I went out on the street. It was completely dry. It was gloomy. It was disgusting outside. But it wasn't raining. Went onto the bus because... You know, I worked out so hard. <laughs> make it make sense. But I make this short. Cut this short for the love of God. No, everybody switched off by this point already. By the time I got out of that bus... Did you hear it? No, because of this mic. You would have heard it if it wasn't for this mic. It's freaking downpour outside. Which, oh, they can see it on you. <laughs> you were reflecting that it's raining because you haven't changed clothes either. Listen, this was my outfit for the video. I was prepared. What I'm driving at is that I'm a cheapskate, okay? Had I known it will be raining, it will be a downpour outside, would I have washed my hair, first of all? No. Would I have wasted shampoo? Shampoos are expensive, okay? No. <laughs> This is the level of pettiness. This is the level of cheapskate we're talking about. Shampoos are expensive. Okay. I mean, they kind of are, if you want a good one. And now this is it. I look nice. I look decent. And now this is what you're dealing with. My point was that I would probably be a cheapskate person, and that is how I would get caught. And that is also one of the many reasons why I'm not committing crime. I'm gonna go try to dry a bit, have a snack, and then I'll come back and join you. Uh, so yeah, let me just use a towel on me, and I'll see you in a bit. The equivalent to cut me some slack, or the synonym really, would be something like give me a break. Like, I'm not emotionally ready to wash this load of dishes. Just cut me some slack for the day. I'll wash them in a week. Totally not something I have used before <laughs> to get myself out of washing a load of dishes. Like, yeah, let's just order takeout for the next couple of days. Why am I being attacked by my own hair? Why is this video so chaotic? Chaotic. Chaotic. Not coyotic, Maya. Not the coyotes, no. Do you know that the first time I heard uh, bygones be bygones, I did not connect that it's bygone. No, I thought it's an animal. I have never heard <laughs> called bygone. Like bison, but just bygone. Well, you wanna just tell everybody about every single time you thought of something super dumb or you wanna continue with this, yeah? Cut some slack. The origin. There's a couple of versions here, just like with many of these stories. So, the origin of the phrase can be from docking of the ships. In these situations, giving some slack would mean loosening the rope. So, cutting some slack could either be the metaphor for rope or most likely for cooperage. 
So coopers would maintain a stock of two different qualities of staves that they use to build barrels. I put it on the screen because I had no idea what staves were either. It's basically like the wooden boards that the barrels would be made up of so they were of different qualities and that would mean that high quality staves for barrels were used to hold water and low quality slack slaves would use to hold dry goods. So in those cases when coopers would say cut me some slack or slack staves the supplier would understand that the quality expectations is significantly less. There's another possible origin in which slack means just the coal dust that is left over after the fire and after like the sizable the good bits of coal are taken. In this case, slack refers to just low-quality coal, yet again, that is hard to manage and hard to use to produce a steady fire. And in these instances, people could say either cut me some slack or mix me some slack when they wouldn't be able to afford high-quality coal and they still wanted to stay warm. Basically, what we could see from these origins is if you are cutting some slack, you're downgrading on yourself. You're giving yourself a break. You aren't doing the most. You aren't the hardest working person in this room. You know how you can change that. Mm-hmm. You can follow me on the socials, that bam pod across, across the pond, across everywhere. And then my personal socials are Maya's Meltdown. Again, across the pond. Because can, can you guess why? Can you get? Did you not figure out how chaotic this was? Okay, now onto the case of the day. Let's start with the pickup artists. Number one. Let's do the mic switch and let's play the intro tune. Oh, let's do it. Okay, okay. You are not okay today. You are not okay by any means necessary. <laughs> what is not? The formula goes something like this. In order to create a successful YouTube channel, you need to follow a pattern, prove yourself in one category, and become an expert on the topic. The man we are talking about today tried to do just that. His trade, pickup artistry. The catch, no one consented to be featured on his channel. This is the story of Eddie A. Game. There is something about saying this is the story of Eddie A. Game that just I, just, I cannot take it seriously. I had never like seriously sat down and thought about why do the other true crime YouTube channels always go under their own name, even if it's not catchy like mine, even if it doesn't sound like a great stage name. And that is because they want to be taken seriously. People I will be talking about on the podcast this month just never got that memo. They just skipped right past that page in my book. What was that girl in the back? Who are the people? What kind of podcast? Okay, cool. Well, I'll loop you in now that you are so interested. I'm talking to myself, yes. The podcast is called By All Means Necessary. And if you thought this channel is relaxed, you're really gonna love that one. There, I sit on my fat ass and every month I choose a different topic. So we covered everything from assassination attempts, serial killers, um, art thefts, lottery rigs. I 
try to keep it as niche and do again lesser known cases kind of like on this channel and this month we are covering pickup artists so I wanted to feature one of those cases here because first of all not many people possibly not really anybody that I know or have seen on YouTube have covered these cases in a true crime style where they just sit in front of a camera and tell you about a case which also means that this was a bitch to research. Just, if you're starting this channel from this video, just know that I will probably have a lot more eloquently done videos where the story flows better because there's much more details. But mama, mama raised no quitter. I see a challenge. I see a lack of information. And I see a challenge. I'm like, the story must be told. Yet again, because we don't speak about the thin line that these pickup artists just don't see which is the thin line between their trade, pickup artistry, and assault, turning that to crime, the lack of consent. So now that you're done with that meltdown, you have clearly completely spoiled this whole story. No cliffhangers with this one, no two-parters, definitely not. Well, my is the name. Pickup artistry is the game, and let's discuss the story of a Scottish pickup artist, lesser known one, probably within the public eye. Uh, his name, his stage name, is Eddie Agame. Let's start by discussing pickup artistry in general, kind of like a brief summary of what it entails and how we got here, how this guy even thought that this is something that he should be doing. Pickup artists are a community of men that self-identify as dating coaches, whose goal is seduction and sexual success with women, getting into their pants. What people usually don't think about when you say the word pickup artist is how far in history it dates back to. The industry, the trade, really started to pick up steam in 1960s. The psychotherapist called Albert Ellis wrote The Art of Erotic Seduction, a how-to guide for men that encouraged them to meet women through the pickup in 1967. This really started a movement that was kind of set in stone when in 1970 Eric Weber published the manual How to Pick Up Girls. One common thread between the books and the writings on the movement, the industry, back in the day and today is the importance of consent. Eric Weber wrote back in the day, the most important tenet of a pickup is that it's mutual. Women are entitled to say no, plain and simple. The movement of pickup artists really reached its peak circa 2005 and onwards. And in 2005, one thing really made this community explode. And it also translated to other people sort of picking up more and more and understanding what they're all about, what they're representing. And this is when Neil Strauss published a book called The Game, which was a bestseller at the time, hopefully still not, and sold about 2.5 million copies. This book really did some damage in terms of introducing the whole generation of men to the, until that point, not really known world of pickup artists and their tactics. So let us go over some terms and conditions, because these people are very much conditioned in so, so many ways. So let's go over some tactics that the game has introduced. 
The book, for example, introduced a timeline, a seven-hour rule. So applying the techniques and tactics from the book, a successful pickup artist only needs seven hours from the time that you start chatting with a girl to the close. And the close always means just sexual intercourse. We're not thinking beyond that. That is the primary and only goal, just get laid. For those seven hours, what kind of techniques are you applying? Because there's plenty of hours there to lose. Well, one of them might be the most controversial one, which is called nagging. It means giving a woman a backhanded compliment. Let, let me demonstrate for the people in the back. So let's just say you meet a woman and you look at her nails and you're like, nice nails. Are they real? Or you look at her hair and you're like, great hair. Is it real? Those are quite literally the only two examples that I have found on the internet. So I'm not really sure what other variations on a woman's body you can find to apply that exact thing with. Maybe like, oh, it's a nice bag. Is it fake skin? Or like, it's a great stomach. Did you work your abs today? Basically, it's just like being an ironic, sarcastic son of a gun and giving a woman a backhanded compliment. Why? To break her down because then she won't feel validated, which means she will crave attention. She will want your attention in order for you to then compliment her. And that's how you win her back. You know, breaking her down in order to build her up like every single psychopath has ever done. Yeah, that, that technique. One of the most famous techniques would be peacocking. And it means standing out, being flamboyant, wearing a top hat, wearing like some flashy jewelry or watches, making sure that you have as many of those items on you and that they make you stand out for a woman to notice you in the first place. Peacocking, is this like showing off? Peacock, yeah, peacocking is like the way peacock What is. kind of girls does this work on? Like what kind of girls are the gist. In order to get a girl, you need to make sure to do everything in your power to ignore the shit out of her, to pay attention to everybody else, to give her backhanded compliments in order for her to crave your attention, and that will most definitely 100% work. And it's important you don't make a move until they give you an indicator of interest, which is like a slight touch on the arm, or just her paying attention to you, actually starting a conversation. And all of this is achievable within seven hours with such great guidance and techniques. But on the surface, when you think about it, it seems quite basic. It really needs something. What does every single fixation need? 
It needs something to become a cult. It needs a community. So let's talk about layers. Within this community, seduction layers are these underground meeting groups for men who are devoted to this. They are committed. Think true crime community groups here. And these layers also come in the form of either online forums or group meetings in public. And during these layers, these community meetings, where they're getting the best of the tips and tricks and exchanging advice, so what has worked for one person, what has worked for another, well, there are a couple of routines that you might be introduced to. For example, you might learn about the cube routine. This is a routine where you would ask a woman to imagine a box standing in a desert, and then you tell her about herself based on how she describes that box. So let's say if she is to say that this cube is huge, then that would describe her ego, and that would mean that she is self-confident. If the cube was to be transparent, it would mean that the woman is open, that she's not guarded, that she's not shielding, that she might be more of an extrovert. If she was to describe a cube that was of a bright color, like God forbid pink, then that would mean that the woman is bright and energetic herself. It's basically just there to get women to talk about themselves and try to reply back and get them to feel good about themselves. Or so just imagine just being like, nope, I only see dark colors. It's like, oh, you're actually very dark inside. Yes. Yes, I am. What are you going to do about this? How are you going to twist this around? <laughs> Tell me, how are you turning this around into a seduction, bitch? Because I ain't giving in. One other of these workshops that has me incensed, when I tell you it has me incensed, how does this work? This cannot possibly work. I'm tell- this cannot possibly work. That is to approach a woman and to give her a time constraint so that she feels the pressure because the possible suitor might, God forbid, be leaving her without her ever wanting him to approach in the first place. So the hypothesis with this one is that attractive girls are never on their own. They're always in a layer of their own, let's say. In these instances, you have to be ballsy. You approach a whole group and you say something yet again backhanded, which is like, oh, listening to you guys is like listening to, I don't know, Love Island, The View, insert a reality TV show or just a late night talk show. Then you make sure you offer a time constraint. You say, I actually only got a minute, so let me just talk to you about something. Then, of course, the pickup artist knows, because they can predict things, that the woman won't be into them once they approach her this way. So what do they do? They throw an egg. What was an egg again? Your hair is so beautiful. Is it fake? Which would, of course, mean that that woman now is going to be attracted to you, like you're a magnet, because you just rejected her. And every woman wants attention. From this point on, from the point that you actually have the girl's attention, you would deploy anything from card tricks to mind reading in order to get to the highest or rather the lowest, because this truly is the lowest level. That's called last minute resistance. And these tactics are designed to convince a woman to have sex after she indicated that she isn't really interested, after she really indicated that she doesn't want to have sex with you. 
for example, you would tell a woman, I actually need to get to bed early or I'm going to sleep on the couch. It's completely fine. I didn't just follow you home in order to get laid. Of course, I would never. And that yet again insinuates that the woman would not like rejection, which means that she's going to be like, I mean, it's fine. We don't have to do anything. Just, you know, sleep in the bed. Anyways, I don't want you to be uncomfortable. Or you opened up a potential for possibly having a second date, possibly moving this relationship further to the close, even though that kind of breaches your seven-hour contract that you have established yourself. Again, nobody brought this upon you. Now, when you propose such thing to a woman, she is inclined, she is bound to say, well, I'm actually not going to sleep with you anyway. I didn't plan to. And then what you need to do, you need to make sure that it's you who rejected her. So you need to say something like, stop, this isn't about you rejecting me or about me rejecting you. I am just not going to have sex with you. So appreciate that we think the same way and stop being defensive. I would kick you to the curb. I would kick you out on the street. I, I don't know what I would do, but you, I'd call the police. I'd call the police. This behavior is unacceptable, sir. <laughs> what do you mean? It's just accept and not be defensive. <sighs> defensive is my whole personality. Get the fuck up. But in this technique that is clearly not written by me, this would shut the woman up and it would give her the time to stew on the idea that it actually wasn't her that objected to his sexual advances. Which again brings us to that same hypothesis that is the grounds of all of this, that the woman cannot stand being rejected. Every single woman around the world, once they get rejected, they immediately see you super attractive. Like, you were a zero, but now you're a ten. That's, that's how women's brains work. That is the hypothesis. Literally, I have read only a few articles and I will never read that book. That, that is the book that you will not see on the screen behind me because this is the whole freaking hypothesis. Like, give me something else. How can you get triggered when women say all men are the same when technically everything you have said so far is that all women are the same and they all react the same way towards rejection? Supposedly, though, let's pretend for a split second that this world Worked. Like, you might not be on the couch, you might be in her bed, or you might have had a second chance, maybe you have had a second date, which kind of breached that seven-hour rule, sir. Maybe it's not all black and white, as you're freaking saying. But let's say you scored, you're with your Beyonce, you are with your dream girl, and you're in bed, you're fooling around. Let's say you start going a bit further than kissing, and she says no. Then, of course, you stopped. She said no. But you stop, you turn around, and you go on your phone. Why are you going on your phone, sir? Think about it. Think about it. Because she's going to ask, you are mad at me, aren't you? Because Beyonce would be really mad at this sidekick from the streets in her bed going on his phone. She'd be like, you mean? Mm. But you say, no, I am not mad. I just respect when a woman says no. We're not having sex tonight anyway. According to these writings, she will smile at you and she will start fooling around again. Everything inside of me goes against this psychology. And just like that, my fellow incels, you are in. You are in the lair and you just got to the close. You just got laid with your dream girl. 
Yeah, yeah. Try that on Beyonce. See how hard she slaps the shit out of you. See how fast you land in prison. But far gone are the days when Neil Strauss wrote the game and when he tried hitting on Jessica Alba on Jimmy Kimmel's show. So let's just, let's just watch that because Jessica Alba just has the best comment as a clap back to that. <laughs> just the highlight of my days. <laughs> it was the highlight of this research. So if I was to ask you to name three things about yourself that would make me want to get to know you better, and none of them can be about your looks or what you do, what would they be? Um, I'm loyal. Right. Um, reliable. Right. And... Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I said I can't be about her looks. And, uh, and hardworking. That's awesome. Maybe you can hang out. No. But see, the whole... That's awesome. And the whole thing is, those are great The whole thing is, guys always try to sell themselves to women. They're always trying to say brag about themselves and things they do for a living. And instead, you kind of got to flip the script. Make someone who's absolutely no interest in you start selling themselves to you. That's like one of the pieces. Wow. But thanks for playing well. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. That's, was it, well, you feel like that was effective in I, a way? I feel like that's just what um, intelligent people that, um, I don't know, that talk to me do. They don't care so much about the physical, and they do right. actually look for more than that. And no, so, when no, the guy the smart ones yeah. that uh, that do go further, then hi, yeah, you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, you have to look for more than that because yeah. at the end of the day, it doesn't last forever. Like when I told Everybody you had a cute sold. top, that was like something. Well, I thought you wanted to wear it. Oh. <laughs> like I wasn't sure with that. And just like Jessica Alba said in that video, you just gotta be intelligent, see beyond the looks, and find a common topic. Find a team and build rapport. Now, had the world stayed where it was in 2005, we probably wouldn't be here. But one particular layer one particular community, if you wish, really tapped into exploiting the pickup industry and making a team out of it, making a pattern out of it. Because what website that will later turn into an app was also invented in 2005 at the height of this pickup industry. It's the very website that you are watching this video on. It's YouTube. You have all probably watched different channels where a guy simply is on the street or on a college campus trying to get the number from a girl. And instead of these backhanded comments, well, yesterday I listened to one where they first asked her for her email. And then, of course, she's like, I don't really use email like that. Like, why are you asking me for my email? Then he said he's on Twitch and he's a streamer. And it's only after all of the rejections, once he, like, fretted it up towards asking her for an actual number that he went in for a question and she was more prone to give him a number because of that. But YouTube really gave this community a space to build the thematic content. There are channels that are still revolving around pickup artistry around the world on a dance floor in all these different settings. Men moved to vlogging, started squads, and then either moved on to do prank channels or with their squads they are doing similar things to pick up artistry. These squads would sign the non-disclosure agreements in order to make the most shocking content, the most innovative one, something that people would want to watch. 
But the story of Adnan Ahmed does not involve NDAs. So what happens when approaching women isn't consensual? At the time of the events of the day in 2019, Adnan was 38 years old. He had an 11-year-old daughter that wasn't living with him. And as a career, he was, judging from other YouTube videos slash roasts that I will delve into a bit further in a minute, he was a cab driver who was attempting to monetize his YouTube career. Well, that's what he was doing for money. I can tell you with the amount of subscribers he had, he wasn't monetizing on his YouTube videos. And he had a couple of what you could call unsuccessful ventures, like music career and the delivery business. You can't just have all the games. This video was the video that proved how much of a geek Addy A-game really is, or Hydra, or Admin. He's got way too many names. I don't know. <laughs> Look at him dance. Shows that Addy's probably somewhere around five foot five. He's clearly got short man syndrome. You know, he's got some of that Napoleon complex in him. After his rap career ended by going to prison, Addy tried his hand at a food cart business, a.k.a. Food Enterprises. That's no longer a thing. Dissolved. This guy literally fails at everything. He's really good at failing. I mean, he failed at being a rapper. He failed at being a dad. He failed at a fucking halal food cart. And he fails at getting women, which no surprise there. I mean, just look at it. According to his now website, this is what his YouTube career was all about for him. He was teaching a mix of mindfulness, sales, and human behavior, sociology, from studying this for the past four years. He applied the research by Charles Darwin and Richard Dawkins on male-female dynamics and why humans act the way they do to dating and relationships. This is the best paragraph that I have to read line by line. Adnan Ahmed taught a type of speed dating which can take place while someone is doing day-to-day activities. For example, work, education, shopping, going from point A to point B. This is how he learned and he practiced what he preached. Meaning he was on the streets picking up random women without their consent and recording different body parts that were of his interest. That's what that translated to. He practiced what he preached. He didn't teach men to go out for the sole purpose of approaching women. There was always the spontaneous element about it. And he demonstrated this spontaneous element because, again, he was practicing what he was preaching for clients and did video examples in order to drum up his business. The next part is very debatable because I couldn't find it anywhere on the internet. People would pay a fee to see Adnan demonstrate in person and on video. He had around the same amount of subscribers as I do on YouTube at the time. So, first of all, he wasn't getting paid for that. Second of all, that is offensive. This is a good moment for me to tell you to like and subscribe. I cannot be having the same amount of subscribers as a freaking pickup artist. I couldn't find like any invites, any Facebook pages, links, events, 
online from that period of time. Could be that it's all gone and deleted. Or it just could be that you actually can't do a live show when you have 200-something subscribers made. I know it's painful, but also let's just be honest and not lie that we have this huge amount of audience when we don't and people are paying a fee to see us when they're watching this for free. And that, okay. As a vibe check, as a description of his style, Adnan, or Eddie A-game, likened himself to such celebrities like Gordon Ramsay and Keith Lemon, using crude and vulgar language regularly. Let's talk a bit about the method. What would his subscribers be seeing and what supposedly people paid a fee for? He would be going around streets of Glasgow, mostly Glasgow city centre, with his fellow wingmen. One of these men would be holding a camera and would be recording him approaching these unsuspected women on the street and just trying to chat them up, pick them up. And some of the titles on his channel that is now deleted that had over 250 videos were Closing Girls with Boyfriends or Fat Girls Should Blame Themselves. Charming. Charming. The group of men that he operated with, his squad, his wingmen, were called Dicks Will Last Forever, or D-W-L-F. Let me play this video by Broden White, who is a YouTuber who did like a really well-done expose on Eddie A Game, for a really good reason, by the way, that we will speak about a bit later. There's so many games. I've heard this guy say, day game, night game, long game. Inner game, dude. Social circle game? Online game. There's also a thing called gutter game, which means if you didn't get laid the night before, you, you go out the next night and just pull any scraps that you can. <laughs> Guys walking around and acting like they're superheroes or some shit. It's time to investigate all these motherfuckers that do this stuff, including the rest of his crew. Addy tried to do a lot of damage control before he knew he was going to go to jail. He deleted damn near 200 videos, including most of them that had his friends in them. Everybody remember every single one of these faces. They're involved. They're associated. They all treat women the same. They all grab. They do the last-minute resistance rape bullshit. They all do it. They're all guilty of it. Adnan. David Christ. This dipshit who still goes by his rapper name, Gaudytronic. Hey, man, you're not going to make it. Give it up. Especially not now. Oh, and here's Addy's pickup idol, Tom Terrero, who looks like he has Down syndrome. Dean Shinula, or as I like to call him, Dinatello, because he looks exactly like a Ninja Turtle for some reason. This Joe guy who goes by Handsome Joe. Fuck off. Cow the Suit, another dumbass nickname. How old are you guys? And you got nicknames? Holy shit. Lil Dick Timmy, who looks like he's 14. Everyone give it up for this 14-year-old. And he's got a boner. There go bust nothing, huh, little Dick Timmy? Why not on some of them high schoolers that you guys chat up all the time? Here's David Christ getting on that 17-year-old action. I like the glasses. It's very, uh, look dangerous, but at the same time. So you are, uh, you, uh, study here? Uh, yeah. Nice. Nice? Yes. But, like, because I was in a, yeah. But with that, when they said high school, they said high school, like, they were in college, so it wasn't high school, high school. No, I'm senior in high school. High school, like, yeah. maybe 16, 17? Uh, 17, yeah. Not a school, that's good. I will graduate this year, and then I will go to college. So what are you planning to do after you finish that high school?
In his videos, his crew and Adan himself would deliver advice in different tutorials and would motivate his followers by saying inspirational things like the reason you're doing it is to get laid. Only the brave get laid. Insults are a different level. They just never look inside. Mm-mm. The only reason you're doing it is to get late. That is the closure. After that, you have achieved your goal. That's it. All you should aspire to in life, never look within. Never go to therapy. Only the brave get laid. If you end up vulnerable, you will not be getting laid. Logic. Default. Maths. Science. Leave the fuck alone. Or it would be this invaluable piece of advice. Listen to her actions, her body, not her words. That's so consensual to me, mate. According to his website, Glasgow wasn't really proving to be as profitable and lucrative, so sometimes he would branch out and offer his dating advice to different cities like London, Eastern Europe, and Middle East. Or even when he was back in Scotland, he would still do Skype training and he would get requests to do demonstration videos. He coached a junior doctor, IT consultants, students, a football referee, an aspiring actor and people in regular employment. But many of his former clients are afraid to come forward and speak up about the great advice that Eddie A Game has given them because they are afraid of how this would affect their professional lives. That is already a solid enough reason, but another solid enough reason would be that maybe they simply do not exist. So far, you might be listening to this and wondering, where is the true crime in here? Like, am I missing something? So far, maybe not. Yes, Adnan would go on the streets, would approach women without their consent, but so did many people doing this for entertainment purposes. He would have one of his wingmen, like, pull out a camera while he would just approach and chat with women. And if this stopped at that, simply approaching women on the street probably we wouldn't be here. But he also recorded women without them giving consent. And not just recorded women, but specific body parts that will be blurred out in this video because everybody blurred them out and I won't be mentioning anybody's names. But he started creepily following women and just recording them without their knowledge. He also would advise men on how to overcome the last-minute resistance sex that we spoke about on his channel. And then there was also this video clip including audio of a woman apparently recorded during her having sex with him. And then she's shown sleeping with an unused condom next to her. This is where Adnan was at when Miles Bonner came along. Miles was a journalist, and with BBC, he went undercover to document what was happening on the streets. He made this expose sort of on pickup artistry in itself, and especially focusing on Eddie A Game and DWLF for BBC Scotland's digital platform, The Social. Here he exposed his techniques online and also interviewed a couple of women that came forward to speak about their encounters with Eddie A-game. There was this woman who shared a car with Ahmed to travel to her college where they were both studying social services. This woman said that seeing his Instagram led her to his videos. 
and that everything that she saw made her physically sick because of how clear it is that these women have no idea that they are being filmed, that they are being recorded. So right off from the bat, she found it really seedy. She immediately said, this isn't just picking up women. There's something darker happening here. Like he's recording sexual intercourse with them. I doubt this is consensual. So she actually picked up the phone and rang the police. Later, during his trial, it would emerge that actually this woman wasn't the only one to report him. The Glasgow City Council Community Enforcement Officer also reported him for the predatory behavior. But around this time, no action was taken and he just continued recording new material for his YouTube channel. This is when he approached a student who was 20 years old at the bus stop in Glasgow's Mary Hill Road. And she described what is very prevalent from what Broden White has said on YouTube and just anybody who has had any contact with uh, the A game, also from the screenshots, from any chats that he has ever had on Instagram, like in DMs. And that is that if you blank him, if you try to reject him, which from everything that I have told you from the beginning of this video, is something that these pickup artists expect in the first place. Well, then he either calls you a bitch or he calls you a racist. He loves calling people racist for no fucking reason, except that he thinks that they are rejecting him because of his race. He's a puppet. When Addy doesn't get the results that he's looking for, he'll go as far as stalking these women, whether it be through text or Instagram messages. Hey, Kim Kardashian. Fun meeting you earlier. No joke. When are you free to get a drink this week? I don't know you. Get to know me. Do you drink red or white wine? And when he doesn't receive a response and it pisses him off, he says, good morning, you racist. Because the guy is so dull that he has to call people names that don't make sense. Convicted child molester. Racist. Bro, you're both of those things. You hit on 15-year-olds and you also call people spicks. Hey, girl, random, but cool to meet you. Are you always so friendly to new people? Addie, you've been kidnapped? Tell them I'll pay the ransom. Half a year later, shag? Around this time, because the police isn't taking it seriously and he's still trying to self-promote, he puts a comment on Broden White's channel, who was a smaller YouTuber at the time, sort of trying to, like, self-promote his videos. And Broden goes onto the channel to, like, interact, probably, you know, to just, like, respond to the content and sees the type of content that Eddie A. Game posts on his channel and he decides to make a video about it because he finds it alarming. He sees all of the red flags that we all see. This escalated for Eddie because we know he cannot take rejection. And we know that he ends up calling people racist or just backfiring after any form of rejection. So he spun this off and just started putting rows of broad and white on his YouTube channel. But he didn't stop there. He did so much damage with this guy. He created fake profiles. He created fake YouTube channels in order to give, like, his spin-off channels more subscribers. Then he started using Broden's friends and family pictures, creating Instagram meme accounts mocking the guy, and finally presenting him as a child molester. I've still got it. Up until this point, what Addy had done was taken a video of mine, which is privated now, where I spoke about having to change my channel name. The reason I made that video is not important. But what is important is that this dipshit took that video 
and cut it up to make it sound like I was calling myself a convicted child molester. Child molester, you know, like black, uh, black cock and um, trannies. Like Which he's gone on to use as an insult and tried to tell the world that I'm a convicted child molester. Just goes to prove that his humor is dog shit. I don't know anyone who goes that far to make a joke and call somebody a convicted child molester and make a video about it. Which this isn't the only time he's done that. There's multiple videos of him calling me that. He also has videos on pedophiles. Bearing in mind that this dude has been accused of being a child molester before and he has this on his channel. This sex-starved gay boy is in denial about his sexuality. There you go right there. Kids again on your video, dog. What's wrong with you? Fuck this child molesting, black cock loving, tranny chaser, Broden White. He's a convicted child molester and is banned from the UK. He can't get into the UK because of that conviction. And he has to prove otherwise, man. That's the rumor that's going around on the internet. I don't know if it's true or not. I'm just going with what I hear, man. This girl right here. Broden White. It's not a child molester, as far as I know. There is no evidence to suggest that Brodan is a child molester of any kind. Trying to, like, get me in trouble or something. Trying to taint my reputation, which is slander, which I could have easily sued him for, and definitely won. Not that he knows that. The guy's fucking stupid. He's got an IQ of about four. And let's not forget, this is his first response video to me ever. It's all just jokes, right? It's all in good fun. This video is done in good fun because Brodan roasted us and we're roasting him back. I told him before, if you make a response video and try to go back and forth with me, you're going to lose. I'm better than you at this. Don't try and beat someone at their own game. I don't try to beat you at fucking night game. Night game! Brodan's a typical socially conditioned young man. Nobody plays it in his manner. That statement right there. Not only is that a huge issue with Addy here, but pick-up artists in general. Well, they'll group together people who don't agree with their ideology on getting as many girls as possible is, is the best way to become an alpha, or whatever the fuck they think. Then they'll call you a beta, an incel, you name it. Behave like an asexual friend zone beat You will not be attractive to the hot girls you are trying to get. He wants to talk about being socially conditioned while he's trying to socially condition guys to practically become sexual predators. How to girls in alleyways and public clothes sounds outlandish. There was another woman who spoke to BBC and also at his trial who was just walking home through the city centre after finishing her shift when Adnan approached her. And she was only 17 at the time and Adnan was 37. He started chatting her up by asking her is she Russian, to which he continued to mention that when he was in Ukraine, he had hired prostitutes and that this girl, this 17-year-old girl, would be better than prostitutes. She just said like she started freaking out and immediately jumped on a phone call with her mom to try to like distance herself from him because she knew that she will be on this bus stop waiting for that bus. So she just jumped on the phone call and just pretended like he doesn't exist. 
when it comes to this kind of behavior, when it's not controlled, when it's not just cut to the chase straight away, when people like this never learn a lesson, but rather they think that this should be condoned and this should be the way forward, is that it always escalates. And for Adnan, it escalated when one night he actually dragged this woman into an alley. Then one night I was walking from work, so I'd finished my shift and I was walking from work back to the train station. And this one particular day, I decided to take a shortcut. And stupid me, so naive to the world, I was walking with my earphones in and both my hands in my pocket. And I was walking past an alleyway. The alleyway is called Anchor Lane, which is also in Glasgow. And the alleyway was to my right hand side. Now I was walking, and the next thing I knew, I just felt someone grabbing my right arm and pulling me up this lane. And my automatic response was obviously just to start screaming. Um, the way he grabbed me, he actually dragged me to the ground. Um, he continued to drag me while I was on the ground up the alleyway. I was screaming and shouting. Um, he then hunched down and picked me up and tried to put me over his shoulder. When luckily, thank the Lord above me for these two bin men. These two bin men came down into the alleyway and seen what was happening. And shouted, you know, leave her alone, and started running, running towards me. And um, he, like, woke me and ran away. And that was the last I've heard of him. It would only be once this BBC social expose came out that the police finally took action and arrested Adnan. According to him and his own website, this is where he was. This is what they interrupted. This is where he thought mentally he was at. He said he was a criminal justice practitioner for Turning Point at the time of his arrest. He was also moving away from his dating field and from the DWLF, moving into the direction which would allow him to focus on human slash men's rights. He planned to expand DWLF into representing men who were wrongfully accused of crimes they didn't commit. It was just that the luck would be that he would be the man in the exact same position, wrongfully convicted, that is. He had plans to study criminology in his fourth year of university, which I just, I don't understand, because he was doing social services, so he planned to switch so that he graduates in the second degree, but sure, okay, Adnan, whatever you say. At the time of his arrest, both his employment and his studies were terminated because of the media scandal, and he planned to use his BA, his bachelor's in business studies, and then this new degree in criminology, this man has done, I don't know what these studies are, where he does another degree every single year, but sure, he has all these degrees. So he planned to combine all of these areas, business and criminology, and take DWLF in a different direction. Something that he does own up to on his own website is his previous criminal records. So he had some drug offenses and some firearm offenses. So he was in court back in 2009, and then I think the late this one he said before this trial was in 2013. But he does admit, although his previous record is bad, it never included sexual offenses. So he's kind of inclining that it's a completely different criminal record, that it wouldn't have escalated in this way. What he doesn't really fully admit to 
What he doesn't make super clear on the website, and I had to kind of dig into the articles to find out, was the degree of these previous convictions. What the court will hear was... What the court will hear was that his previous convictions included drunk driving and a firearms charge, and he was previously jailed seven times. The longest period that he spent in jail was two years and three months. The court will also hear different testimonies by five young women, aged between 16 and 21, who gave evidence about how they were intimidated, how he would approach them in city center and just take these uncomfortable videos without their consent. The woman who was 21 said how he approached her in the street, made comments about her appearance, even touched her cheek and tried to kiss her, and she pushed him away. The 16- and 17-year-olds said that he would approach them and ask them if they are married or if they wanted to meet up for coffee. Another woman broke down in court as she was describing how Ahmed would follow her through the city center and would grab her and try to kiss her. Passing the sentence to him, Sheriff Lindsay Wood said, You have acquired notoriety and an unenviable reputation. The public will be wise to such inappropriate behavior by you and others like you. And then he jailed him for two years in October 19 and also placed him on the sex offender register for 10 years. YouTube has since removed all of the videos, deactivated both his main channel and the group channel that he had with his squad called Street Attraction. One of your thoughts right now might be, that's too few years for such crimes. Another one is, okay, you're doing the math, like Maya, he's still in prison, right? Because he should be in prison up until October 2021. We're still safe. Is any of those thoughts the fact that one of his appeals actually worked and that he has been released? What happened is that at trial, the prosecution ignored his lawyer's arguments that there wasn't enough evidence in three of the cases, in three of the charges that the women brought up against him. This meant that the appeal court judges decided that there was nothing in his behavior that was threatening or which could reasonably be construed as threatening, and that this was all a miscarriage of justice. This meant that he was acquitted and he walked. So, where is he now? Remember that part on his website where he wanted to combine his degrees and convert the WLF into, like, human rights, men's rights? Well, that is what he is doing right now. At first, he created this website, Red Peel Rights, to clear his own name, to defend himself, and to explain how the police never had any evidence and how this was just a mediatic slander. He explained that unlike BBC Social portrayed it as the police kind of just hushing it and ignoring it, the reason why they never actually looked into it as a criminal act was because there was just no crime. He was simply approaching women on the street and striking up a conversation. And according to him, all of the women came forward only once the public panic was caused. And then he went on to say that they did report it after the BBC social video went viral, and because they were egged on and conned by Broden White, American social media troll Broden White, because Broden White has an obsession with Eddie A game. But then the website developed into 
informative articles about other miscarriages of justice, what he initially intended to do before he went to jail. So let's just take a brief look. God, I almost subscribed. <laughs> I almost stopped reading. No, don't freaking prompt me to subscribe. So the blog section on this website has about like 57 pages. And I am overbelieve that you shouldn't judge a book by its cover. You shouldn't judge anybody but their page number one, right? You should look at the most recent content to see how they're doing now, to see how far they progress. So let's just give him the same treatment that I would give to anybody else. So these are some articles on this page. Let's just look at the titles. Feminist English teacher Perv Katrina Maxwell charged with repeatedly sexually assaulting her teenage boy student and throwing scissors at his head in a jealous rage because he was sitting next to his girlfriend. Jesus, that was a mouthful made. Sentences shouldn't have more than like 50 words in them, you know, kind of like maybe limit them a bit less than 50. Let's see if we can spot the pattern. Next title. Single mother scumbag Margaret Weldon jailed for two and a half years for making false allegation of rape. Dirtbag ex-girlfriend Destiny Morales confessed that she falsely accused her ex-boyfriend of rape whilst in jail for other crimes. Feminist creep college student Sandra Snakwi falsely accused professor of offering better grade in exchange for sex. Rap superstar Drake won his lawsuit against clout-chasing Instagram tot Laquana Morris after she made fake pregnancy claims and false rape accusation. False accuser feminist clown Alicia Maria Volpe. Toxic domestic abuser feminist. Bitter ex-wife. Butch feminist pedo, Jesus. A vile Me Too feminist blogger falsely accusing somebody of rape. Child molester feminist teacher pervert, Monica Young. Wow. False accuser empowered woman, nasty entitled empowered feminist. Body positive false accuser, Abby Will. Dead kinky sex per false accuser female. Oh, she doesn't have a job here? Does she have a professor? Single mother feminist psycho. So, that's just the first page. Also, this screen gave up on both me and Adnan because <laughs> of the misogyny. Let, let, me, let me put this screen back up and then I'm gonna explain. You might be wondering, but what about Me Too? That is also just a one-sided approach. That is feminism. Why can't men have similar websites? They can. When I first heard that this man started something like this, I actually expected something completely different. As you know, I, on this channel, have done that video on Criminal UK, the falsely accused case, done a deep dive on different forums as to what you can do once you're falsely accused in order to clear your name. I was truly expecting something like this. Not copy-paste articles, not some brief-ass articles with these catchy clickbait titles calling women 10 derogative terms in the title in itself. That's not how you bring change, mate. And that's something that he cannot see. He actually thinks, like, by informing us of these cases in this way that he is doing justice to somebody, that he is helping somebody out. Where are the resources about what these men can do, what they have done? It's quite literally just like a summary of what happened, a couple of paragraphs on each and every article, using the derogatory terms when referring to women. 
there just isn't evidence, there aren't any resources, there isn't any course of action. Where are the petitions? Where are the forms to fill? How do we exonerate these men? What can we do to help them out? What can we do to help them clear their name? And by searching for like his different blog posts, I of course came upon one of Chris Brown being falsely accused of rape. And what it showed me is yet again, just like a consistent pattern in this video, which is what Adnan really struggles to see through his own criminal career is the clear escalation that Chris Brown should have spent much more time in prison. And when somebody brings up an aggression charge against him, we should believe the victim. Because there was a pattern in the past where he had been aggressive. Because there was a pattern in the past where he was escalating in that direction. This case is just so problematic on so many levels. And something tells me, if I have read this man right, that he probably has like a Google alert on his name. And that he will most probably find this video and make like a channel just to freaking bully me or like make spin-offs of multiple channels to like dislike all of my videos and leave hate comments. I'd like to be mistaken, but it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. And at some point, you kind of gotta stop and reflect. You gotta reflect whether you are just projecting all of these insecurities onto somebody else. You gotta reflect on your own history and how it led up to who you are today. And at some point, you gotta stop, you gotta pause and think whether this website that you have created under the pretense of fighting for men's rights is simply there for you to continue your agenda of slandering women. And one final note on EDA game and just pick up artists in general, something that they never think about is when you approach somebody without consent, without them signing the NDA, that person might have already experienced that kind of harassment. That woman might have already been harassed in the past. You never know how they are going to react, which puts you at risk because you don't know what you're approaching, what you're about to deal with, but also risks you re-victimizing somebody. And that's just something that they don't think about. They don't think about these people as victims. It's that in reverse psychology that drives me insane, where it's like, no, never. You should never trust a victim. Victim is actually always there to be blamed. Let's just all blame victims all throughout. Yeah, she's responsible because she was dressed like this. It's her fault she was dressed like that. It's her fault that she was 17, 18. <laughs> Why wasn't she older than that? Make it make sense. But that is the story of Eddie A. Game. Everything that I could find that was sort of factual, trying to make it as unbiased as humanly possible. Now let's just briefly discuss what could have motivated something like this. Here I think we neglect to talk about how the prospect of money is actually a powerful motivator. Because Neil Strauss, for example, the author of the game, is worth 8 million. Then there is uh, JT Tran, who is the Asian playboy, another pickup artist, who speaks at different universities about how Asian men can pick up white, beautiful women. And learning from him isn't cheap. His tuition costs around 1,400 pounds. Another guy that goes by Seoul, whose name is Jeremy Bonney, charges 1,500 a head for eight-hour seminars. And if you want to join a two-day conference that's called Love System Super Conference, you would need to cash out around £4,000. So the industry is booming, and with the industry comes the publicity. 
And with it comes the actual prospect of you getting laid, maybe even, God forbid, dating a popular woman, which would then prove that you are successful at what you do. You can then go on to hold these conferences, publish books, and further just profit off of it. One thing that I plan to further explore on the podcast during this month is why is the clothes just getting laid? Like, what happens in the aftermath of it? That's the part that I don't understand. Like, that can't be the end goal. Like, I mean, yeah, if you are an incel and if you are just trying to get laid, probably is the only goal at the time and you're not really thinking long term. But I'm just interested in knowing whether there is a point beyond. Like, what if you want to have a friend with benefits? What if you actually want to date somebody? Like, is there a branch that, you know, studies that? God, imagine those techniques. Even those were a freaking headache in themselves. So that is the case of Eddie A game. Let me know what you think about this guy in the comments. Do you agree with the courts that there wasn't anything criminal there? Or do you think that, no, this is an actual clear progression and this man hasn't really changed his mindset much since his conviction? And also one thing, if you have ever watched a video, if you watch anything recent of like these pickup lines or just like pranks or trying to get a woman's number, trying to get a woman in different area of the world, whatever it is, let me know in the comments because I couldn't find this. I didn't really dig too much into it. But all of these videos, especially the most recent ones to me, look super staged. And in my opinion, they look staged because they are. Because there are probably scripts, because there are probably NDAs involved in order for something like this not to happen. Because if not, we would probably be hearing about a lot more of these cases that there are on the internet. But that is it for me today. I'm bringing you some sick, gruesome stuff tomorrow or on Friday, so uh, get ready for that. I needed some lightness, because where we are going in a couple of days is morbid as hell. You know, it's all the balance. It's the balance, the balance, the scale, you know, like the scale of justice that didn't prevail in this case, the balance. Okay, cool. Did they get justice in that second case you're talking about, Maya? No, <laughs> I'm gonna lose my shit this way. I'm incensed. Incensed is the word that I love to use. I love it. I feel it with my whole core. But now, now apply. <laughs> you need an outro. What should be my outro? <laughs> this is a stare of God. <laughs> you think you dropped me in the comments? You tell me that in the comments as well. And then. Bye. What was that? What was that? Either drop it in the comments on YouTube if you're watching or let me know on social media and keep making this world a better place. One more thing at a time. Bye fuckers and don't get yourselves involved. Don't apply any of the techniques you have read today. Yeah, this is how you do it. You keep making this world a better place by not following any techniques that you have heard on today. Do not push it there. I believe in you. Do not push it there. Okay, bye fuckers. Bye for realsies.
test my test a touch of distress. <laughs> what do you mean a touch of distress? My, this is this whole channel, it's a touch of distress. Cars need to calm down. Like, I record only for a couple of hours. Come on, give me, give me, <laughs> only for a whole day. That's it. I just need traffic to stop for a whole last day. But to distress in this mess. Do it, do it for the thumbnail. My, my, do it for the thumbnail. Do your seductive face. What is your seductive face? seductive face? I have never flirted in my life. I just approach a man. I'm like, hey, I want your seeds in me. I have never. <laughs> Please, just do a wink. Do a wink for a thumbnail, man. I'm so disgusting. So disturbing. Do it without the sound. Stop it. I don't wanna. Okay, just, just like, like this. Like a LinkedIn picture. No, your hair is wet. What are you on about? <laughs> what was that? Oh, what was that? Just imagine me teaching at a pickup artist workshop. Like, ooh, peacocking. Just, just wink at them. <laughs> just winking always works. It's never in the history of lifetime. Winking has never worked. Just wink. <laughs> Do it without the sign. But you can, I believe in you. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it right now. No, if this is a thumbnail, I'm done. I'm done. Everybody's done. They're all they're doing works quite literally across the road. Let's test how that will sound. How irritating does this sound? And I stop talk and I get back on. Okay, how does this sound? Hello, 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 hello. The show must go on, bitch. My cube is big. It's black, and that's the way I like it. I have a feeling this is not about seduction anymore. <laughs> You know how these TikTokers are like fighting YouTubers, like actual physical fights for money now? <laughs> Imagine, because we are, you know, same level according to YouTube and amount of subscribers. Again, I'm trying not to take it personally. This is not the invite to like and subscribe for me to have more followers slash subscribers than a pickup artist. But please, I cannot be fighting. Who, who invented my... You started up to talk about a fight. I'm not, I'm not gonna fight you. <laughs> I'm not doing this. So wait, what are you? What were you on about? The people that were fighting aren't even in the same range. It was that guy, broom guy from that family vlog, and like some TikToker. They're not even in the same like industry. <laughs> and then there was what Jake Paul, and the actual professional boxer. What are you? Yeah, you're not. No. The fight is not happening. <laughs> the fight just came as a product of my imagination and is not happening. I'm not fighting no pickup artists. <laughs> Smile versus incels. <laughs> In a boxing ring. 